Welcome to Sinister Soup, where we explore genre fiction through the lens of sci-fi, horror, fantasy, and ridiculous conversation. I am one of your hosts, Clay Vermolum. I am your other host, Travis Vermolum. And today we have a very special guest, Sheena Manin, the author of several novels. But the novel that we are talking today, talking about today is her sci-fi novel, Leaving Safety, which is book one of the Safety Trilogy. So, Sheena, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself as an author and about uh, the Safety Trilogy? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on the Sinister Soup podcast. Very excited to be here today. And uh, I think my journey into writing starts the way most authors' journey starts at a very young age. Really enjoyed reading, enjoy uh, the sciences, enjoy history, uh, pretty much every subject except for the maths. I'm not very good at math, but everything else I found (laughs) really intriguing and interesting. And so when I was young, I started writing little short stories. And then as I grew up and went to college, got my master's, I completely stopped writing for a period of probably 10 years, didn't have the time, didn't have the focus. And then as I got more established in my career, I picked up the pen again, so to speak, and just became really fascinated with the possibilities of other life forms out in space, as well as uh, science, DNA, epigenetics, all of those things, and sort of combined a lot of those curiosities into one cohesive plot for my book, Leaving Safety. So I, um, one of my goals before I die, and I'm 36 now, so we've got a couple decades left, but <laughs> one of my goals before I die is that I really wanted to write and publish a book that I felt could stand the test of time. And so for me, it's more about, okay, I have a lot of things going on, we all do, why don't I just focus on one quality book instead of pumping out a lot of books? So quality over quantity. And then, so I kind of birthed this idea of a science science fiction type of, of book, approached my dad, and we just sat down and, and made it a reality. So uh, book one of this series is called Leaving Safety. And um, really been so grateful for all the positive responses that we've had to this book. Uh, Writer's Digest gave it a five-star review. Reader's Favorite did as well. Uh, we won a couple like regional, local, Midwest type of awards and notable mentions. So I'm uh, just really glad for the momentum that we've had so far. Awesome. Well, congratulations on all your success, Sheena. That's that's really great. I, I love seeing self-published authors uh, get that kind of notific- uh, notoriety and success that you've had so far. I hope it continues for Yeah, you. thanks. Well, if hard work and sweat will make it happen, then it will continue to happen because <laughs> my dad and I are just really focused on uh, spreading the word and, and also networking with, with professionals such as you and, and Travis and, and other authors as well to sort of build up our writer's community, uh, not just nationally, but also globally, because I feel like if you don't have like a big name publisher sometimes people can be like oh yeah just another indie book and so I feel like networking with other professionals in our area and really offering support and um, you know critiques etc I think it's really important for our community of self-published authors so that we can continue to build our reputation as a collective whole that we do produce great work and uh, we did intentionally choose not to go with a publisher not to pitch to an agent because we wanted to take the more independent path. And so I think that uh, hopefully we can start to continue to build this community that we have here. Um, I kind of 
one curiosity I have uh, after reading the first few chapters of leaving uh, leaving safety, I definitely would have categorized I would categorize it a hard science fiction system. I'm a little curious in that debate, like what made you and your father use more of that hard science fiction system over like a soft science fiction? Um, what made you settle on kind of going deep into the explanations on on how how the base works and how the travel to Earth would work? And I found it all fascinating. I'm very curious <laughs> about that. Yes. So uh, I'm a nerd at heart and I really love engineering and I love um, correction. I love the concept of engineering. Again, I'm terrible at math. I could never have succeeded. But um, I love, um, I guess, a... A beginner novice level I love understanding how things work and while I don't have that intellectual prowess to understand formulas and this that the other I do like to in my own way break things down and think them through in a logical way even if I can't figure it out the way an engineer would and my dad has an engineering background so bringing my um, perspective and his deep dive together kind of allowed us to balance out what you might consider more like hard science fiction, deep diving into how things work. But hopefully I was able to kind of dumb down a lot of uh, his input and write it in such a way that anyone can understand it. Because I think it is important when you're creating a new world in a science fiction category genre, I think it's important to help people see it the best that you can, kind of the way that you're envisioning it. Also leaving room for imagination, of course, but at least give them a foundation. So that was definitely something he and I both wanted was to take the time to lay things out in a visual way that would satisfy um, the engineering brains out there and also allow people such as myself to read it and be like, oh, I get this. Like I totally can see it in my head. So hopefully we were able to accomplish that uh, and hopefully it makes the colony of safety come alive a little bit more. I think for sure. Um, I, especially in the early scene where Elena, right? Uh -huh. Is that the correct pronunciation of your protagonist's name? Yeah, Elena, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, when she is receiving sort of the lessons from the professor on on travel back to Earth. Mm. And I just, I while I was reading that in my chair, I was kind of like imagining myself in the classroom. And oh, nice. Like I was getting this little lesson, lesson on science. So <laughs> I definitely think you pulled it off. Oh, good. I'm so glad. And um, so the first book, we, we do take a deeper dive into what safety is like and, and kind of nerd out a little bit uh, together, my dad and I. And then I know we are wrapping up book two and we have part of book three written. I wanted to, I don't know how you guys feel, but sometimes when you're reading like a trilogy or a series, it's kind of like once you get through the first book, you're like, oh my God, I already know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like I already, I, everything's already been laid out. It's been explained. So we kind of strategized how can we engage the reader further? So what you receive in book one, that kind of sciencey approach, we have that in book two, but we also intentionally insert a lot of political thriller aspects into book two. And once you finish book one, you'll understand exactly what, you know, why we chose to go that path. And so we wanted to kind of mix things up a little bit so it's not all the same. Um, it's still absolutely science fiction, but we wanted to kind of change the the tone, if you will, so that people are like, oh, I'm surprised. You know, I, I think I know what's going to happen, but maybe I'm completely wrong. So um, there's definitely a lot of intentionality when it comes to writing uh, this series. And I'm sure for, for other writers out there, you know exactly what I mean. You got to try to keep your readers guessing uh, so that it stays interesting. 
And I think that's a great idea because it's really easy for sci-fi books, especially sci-fi mm. books, to fall into that uh, one side or the other of that old debate of like, well, this is just fantasy in space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know? Or like, well, this is boring because it's just about like molecules. Uh-huh. Um, and you, you don't want it to be, you want it to definitely ride the line somewhere, you know, where there's plenty of like adventure yeah. and all the elements that we love about like space travel and aliens and, you know, yeah. what brings a lot of people to the fantasy genre or the sci-fi genre is those kind of fantastical elements of, well, what is out there in space? We don't know. Yeah, that's the exciting part. And and I think also my little nerd brain, I love watching Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, you know, his series Cosmos. He has a couple lectures out there on master classes and, and other things like that. And just, you know, hearing that constant reminder of this is what we know so far, for sure. You know, if, if all of our mathematical formulas are correct, this is what we know. And so like having that constantly in my mind allows me to anchor myself somewhere so that when I am dreaming up more fantasy elements, you know, if you will, there is some of that in the book for sure, but also um, the sci-fi aspect, it's really good to have a solid foundation to come back to because you don't want it to be so far out there that it's just like, yeah, not even, at least for me, it's like not even possible. You know, this isn't that interesting. I kind of wanted to make sure it was, it was like maybe in 50 years, maybe in a hundred years, I could totally see this happening. You know what I mean? So I was, I was kind of drawing heavily on my understanding um, as a novice, really a student of the sciences uh, to, to come back to that anchor point so that I wasn't writing, you know, absolutely crazy unfounded stuff. So that was important to me. With the characterization, because I think that is another thing that just draws stories together is if you can actually relate and and feel for the characters. And Elena is a very, very well-written character that kind of fits this like outsider yeah. type that I've, I've always enjoyed in books. And I'm wondering what drew you to making her that sort of like outsider type character to compel her forward through the plot. Yeah, no, absolutely. So my master's degree is in psychology and I feel like a lot of us uh, walking around here on planet earth, we kind of feel like, unless you're lucky enough to have found your tribe, we all kind of feel like we don't fit in uh, too many places or if we are fitting in, it's because we've changed elements of ourselves to kind of feel like, yay, I belong. And so I wanted to really capture that aspect of the human experience of, of, not really feeling like uh, you have a sense of belonging. And I don't know how far you got in the book, but there's another uh, main character as well. His name is Greg. He is an earth human. Uh, and he also has that as well. He has this this attitude of like, yeah, I haven't really found my space yet. You know, my my area here on, on planet earth. And so I wanted to capture that for both of those characters and kind of draw the reader in because while both characters have that feeling, their personalities manifest very, very different so hopefully no matter what personality type is reading the book they can identify with one or the other but I think um, a lot of us feel like our lives haven't exactly unfolded the way we would have wished them to back when we were younger and I also wanted to capture that element as well and hopefully write in such a way that no matter what your age is, no matter how many careers you may have tried and, 
and given up on and tried something else, um, there's always a reason to move forward. There's always this sense of, of hope of, I will find that, that reason that I'm here. And, and I think the other main character, Greg, kind of in person, impersonates that or embodies that. So I think drawing on those psychological elements was important to me. And, and hopefully uh, people reading the book can find one of those characters. They're like, oh my God, that I totally relate to that. Like I totally get that skepticism or cynicism or you know, this, this mm -hmm. feeling of being othered because I think it's part of the human journey. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I think that's a great thing about like bringing space into the equation is because it gives you that like endless horizon to explore mm -hmm. towards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting to, to think about all the possibilities and, and we're living in, in a great day and age, a great time, you know, the explorations into Mars, et cetera. But, you know, people like me who really, you know, idolize Dr. Tyson and, and all of those, you know, genius brains out there. I kind of wish I'd been born like, I don't know, 500 years from now, because imagine where we'll be scientifically and, and with all the advancements that are being made today. Yeah, I celebrate those. That's wonderful. But I kind of feel like I was born a little bit too soon, because I would love <laughs> to have been in a time and era where inter- you know, it's traveling between, uh, I won't say galaxies, because that's like way in the future, and that's like ridiculous, but like in between planets, we'll start there. Like traveling between planets, like that's normal. Do you know what I mean? Like a weekend trip to the moon, it's like, oh yeah, we do that all the time. Um, I feel like that would be the perfect time for me to be uh, living in. But until, um, until we can figure out a way to like preserve our connectome and preserve our brain so that I can wake up in that time period, I'll just be grateful for what we have here today. But I don't know how y'all feel but i just feel like um man how exciting it would be to to be living in an era where the things that we're dreaming of now actually are real and actually are happening and they're commonplace i'd say i agree with you either like 200 years in the future or a few decades back where we were like yeah there's probably cities on mars yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're almost there. And when we get there, there will be Martians. So, yeah, the naivety, right? <laughs> it's so cute yeah. looking back now, but they were probably just like, wow, you know, can't even believe it. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, but um, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that for me, reading sci-fi books and, and watching like sci-fi shows, it's a way to kind of escape and to to pretend for a little while that I'm able to live in that sort of an environment and, and super mind blowing. Like I love this genre so much and and I love um you know, just imagining, even in my series, book two, book three, just imagining the what ifs, like what if this happened? Because, you know, it's one thing to be like, Yeah, we're gonna go and have it Mars, but what ramifications does that have? How will that change the, the global politics, for example? How will that change how humans interact with each other? How will that change all, all aspects of, of humanity? I think that's, that's the fun part, uh, has been the fun part for me as I'm kind of laying out the last two books of the series. But uh, yeah, lots and lots of things to think about, that's for sure. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. All right, listeners, with that, we're going to get on to our next segment of this special featured author episode. And that is our recorded reading of an excerpt from Leaving Safety. Hope you enjoy it. She never knew that dying would hurt so much, or happen so soon. But death stung as it came, with the speed of a snake striking its prey it rapidly consumed what had been their world for over fifty years. Their home. The brainchild of their dreams. The lunar base called Safety. 
She was there, standing in the place where fervent imagining had become reality, waiting for the inevitable. The explosion, the destruction of everything they'd worked to build. There was no wind, no deafening outburst. No one remained to witness the demise, except Earth. Earth was there, bearing silent witness 384,400 kilometers away. Nothing would induce the beautiful array of green and white and blue to testify, to give away the secret she'd silently watched being born as they'd left her all those years before. They had been remorseless in the abandonment of their home planet. They had brimmed with the confidence of youth. Death wasn't instant, the way the woman thought it would be. Like a thousand needles riddling her flesh, the burn teased for an instant with its licking flames before everything became red-hot and turned into ash and evaporated. She hadn't screamed. Why bother? The chemical reaction was part of science, each part of her body reacting to the heat around her. Science. The study of it had been their guiding light. The last thing she thought about as the searing pain engulfed her was the perfection of their idea, and the professional shame she felt that something had gone wrong. One day, Earth would know, but by then, it would be too late. She had closed her eyes and turned her face upward, allowing the inescapable forces to own her, and then she was gone. Just a mixture of gases hovering in the black void of space she had loved. She died having long known what the girl would soon find out, if she survived. Restraint would have preserved their vision. But genius is not the twin of restraint. Genius leads to the unthinkable, the glorious, and sometimes to madness. Is that what they had all missed? Were they mad to attempt the unknown? To dare to cross the unseen line from humble humanity into the realm of the gods? The masters of all fates? The girl would do well to remember the adage that once was a founding principle in the world of safety. The aphorism that excused each mistake, covered latent mysteries, and gave permission to delve ever deeper into the chasm that separated the living from the dead. Science is perfect. Scientists are not. That was an excerpt from Leaving Safety from Sheena Monin. So if you enjoyed that, please head over to her website, and I'll let her tell you where to find her stuff. Great. Thank you guys so much for having me on Sinister Soup. I appreciate it. Had a wonderful time here today. Anyone interested in finding out more about the trilogy, you can visit safetytrilogy.com or our handle on all social media is at Safety Trilogy. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Sheena. We'll see you next Great. time. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Sheena. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Sinister Soup um, and supporting some self-published authors. We hope to have more of these segments along the way and keep up with uh, promotion of individual creatives and uh, artistic people. So, as always, I have been Travis Vermolum. I've been Clay Vermolum. And we are both still those people. Thanks for listening to Sinister Soup. We'll see you next week.